Alright, first episode of this podcast, we got a lot of great questions from you guys, picked about seven from all the questions that we got, um, hopefully this is the first of many, and um, alright, so we're just going to be answering your questions and talk, since the NFL, we're recording this on Wednesday, we will talk about the NFL season, but all right, let's jump into the questions. First question that we have from Adi Ben. Great question since I know a lot, of, not, not a lot of people really watch soccer or know about it too much, but it's a really good question. The U.S. national team missed the 2018 World Cup. Now they only got two points through two games. Is it time to panic? All right. You want me to go first? Yeah, you got, you got it. Okay. Um, I would say that there is time for a little bit of panic, especially being that you missed the 2018 World Cup and coming off the great summer that the U.S. men's national team had um, beating Mexico in the Gold Cup and then um, also winning in the... Um, the Nations League. In the Nations League. So there was a lot of high hopes for, for you know, the, the men's national team. It looked like... Um, it's still recording. Right. Yeah, it's good. Um, it looked like they were, they were, you know, the the team was coming together and looked like we were destined to make up for missing twenty eighteen for with it easily qualifying for twenty twenty one. I guess twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty the twenty twenty two in the fall World Cup. Um, but being how we've started qualifying, especially against a couple of teams that you know, I would say that we probably should have washed. Yeah. Yeah, especially Canada and El Salvador. I mean, the games probably won't get too much easier going forward, but being that we couldn't get at least one win out of those two, yeah. um, I wouldn't say that the panic meter is super, super high for the men's national team, but I would say that there definitely is a little bit of concern, um, especially with you know Premier League and every other league starting up now. You never know what's going to happen potentially with injuries or players having to miss games and not being able to be there for... Uh, other qualifying games, you want to get the easy wins when you can, and I feel like we missed an opportunity to get at least one. Yeah. So I would definitely say there is a little bit of reason for concern. Uh, I won't start raising the the you know panic flag just yet, but it's 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 definitely it's on its way up, but it's it's not super super high. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's really what I do think. I think the players aren't panicking, but I feel like they're feeling the pressure from missing last World Cup. And I feel like they just have a lot of pressure that they should be winning every single game in qualifiers, which isn't really the case. You know, I mean, it's a young team too. So. Yeah, it's a young team. And especially in qualifiers, you know, home field advantage does play a big part since you're going to countries to play their game. So, I mean, I just feel like the team's feeling a lot of pressure. I mean, I think I wouldn't panic right now, but if they lose, since recording this Wednesday, they're about to play in about an hour and a half. If they lose tonight, definitely, definitely, I would start panicking. Um, well, they're playing, especially, they playing tonight. Yeah, Honduras, Honduras right? They play Honduras tonight, and then they won't. This will be the last. I mean, this will be a big game for momentum going into because the next qualifiers won't be until October seventh. Yeah, yeah, October seventh against Jamaica, which is in last place right now in qualifying. They have zero points, so winning this game would be big. Um, they got the next round next month. It would be Jamaica. Then Panama, 
which I believe is beating Mexico right now. It's a good team. Costa Rica and Mexico after that. Costa Rica, which probably has the best goalkeeper in North America easily with Navas. So, I mean, I don't know. It's not really time to panic. A win tonight. A win tonight. Winning cures everything. Yeah, winning tonight makes it okay because you give us five points. And I think that Jamaica game should be an easy three points right there. should be a win right there. Uh, I want to say they're playing here in the U.S. Yeah, they play in Austin, that Jamaica game. So it'll be here at home against a really weak team who hasn't won a qualifier yet. So I think and a win tonight just fixes everything. It'll be five points. Then that Jamaica game, it'll be eight points. And, you know, uh, I mean, so... Well, I have a not, question no, then. I mean, up? I know we were talking about... We had both seen that TikTok earlier about oh, McKinney. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I had seen that, that Weston McKinney thing that he might be kicked off the team. I don't know. I had seen that TikTok earlier. Yeah. Would you but, want to go ahead and, and say the reason why? Uh, supposedly, he slept with Pulisic's sister. But I don't know. I don't know. I had seen something that that's not the case. Yeah, that, I've seen. Yeah. The, that, the only that thing he's not going to get kicked is... off, that he's just going to be out this month. That he'll be back next month. But um, I don't. I don't. If he does miss, it'll be big, especially someone playing who is used to playing in such big games, playing at Juventus. And I mean, I mean, he's definitely one of our better players. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about that. He, yeah, I mean, there's a reason when he missed uh, what game was it? Canada, right? Mm-hmm. That it was kind of a big deal when he had to miss the Canada game. Yeah. Um, I think more so not just you know, whatever drama they have going on is one thing, but I think. If they would lose today and he has to miss about a month or so of time, yeah. it's just going to add to to the pressure that's already present. And then at that point, you have to be wondering what's going to be going through this team's mind. Yeah. And one thing that worries me is with them being such a young team, they might not have that you know older veteran presence or leadership that teams from the past had. You know, even like 2014, um, 2010, they had guys like Landon, uh, Donovan, Dempsey, yeah. um, Michael Bradley, I think was his name, right? Yeah, Bradley. Bradley. Uh, I mean, they had, so they had guys. They had a good mix of of younger talent, but they also they always had a veteran presence that was there. So it, it it'll be interesting for me to see at least if say things go bad tonight and they don't win and they end up losing, added with you know this extra off the field drama that's that's being placed now or potentially there where these teams going to go and, and what's going to happen. I, I know, you know, we kind of talked about a little bit how they're probably feeling a lot of pressure right now. Um, I feel like a loss tonight added with everything going on. It's just going to amplify everything, you know. And, and, of course, missing 2018 doesn't help, right? You know, you, you miss the 2018 World Cup. That's kind yeah. of it, – it's adding a lot of extra pressure. They didn't need to be there. but So, so I, I do think there's a lot of things to keep an eye on here. Um. But I think at the end of the day, I'm not ready to panic just yet. I mean, who knows? Maybe tomorrow morning, depending how the game goes tonight, I'll wake yeah. up and, and feel completely different. But th- again, we're recording this before the game tonight uh, yeah. against Honduras. So as of right now, I can't say, you know, it's time to panic. I think even a draw today, as long as it's a, a competitive game and it's not like a sloppy, ugly game that ends up being like 0-0 or something like that. Yeah. I think if they play a very, very competitive and, and very... As long as the game looks good and they look good as a team, it'll kind of ease tensions a little bit. But uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's definitely interesting to keep an eye on, to see where this team's going to go and what's going to happen, especially going forward with McKinney and Pulisic and, and the relationship that's going to be building through this team. Yeah, I don't know if Gio is playing tonight. 
Oh, he's been. That's right. He's hurt he's, with the hamstring. Yeah, he's had the hamstring injury, and that's something that you know again is kind of like we're talking about, right? You know, these guys they start going to you know the the Premier Leagues and they start going to their their respective clubs and stuff, and they're they're gonna have to miss time. I mean, um, I, yeah, I think I think he's missing tonight. Let me. See. I think I don't. Yeah, I can't pull yeah, up. I, can't, I don't have the. Yeah. The lineup for tonight, but I, I don't. I haven't seen anything that says he's going to be active, so I, I don't think he's going to be playing. But I, I mean, Pulisic missed the first game, right? Because he was in uh, what, COVID, COVID, COVID protocol. That's another thing. That's something. You yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. So it's. I don't think it's that panic just yet, but. I, yeah, there's an article here. It says that Gio's going to miss the his club game this weekend, so I'm pretty sure he's missing tonight. Since it says the reason he's missing his club game on the weekend is because of his hamstring, so I don't see him playing tonight either. Yeah, yeah. I think they should just rest. I, I think they should just rest him tonight and just go at it next month. I mean, yeah, no Gio, no no McKinney. It's definitely yeah. gonna be a tough game tonight yeah. against Honduras. But uh, like I said, I feel like if they can at least pull a draw out, you know, I, I think asking for a win would be. If they, I mean, if they win tonight, then yeah, this conversation's almost out the window. Yeah. But yeah, it, they're playing. Yeah, and they're playing in Honduras, so that's tough as well. I think asking for a draw is, is a, it's a big ask as it is. But I think if they pull it off, then it, it kind of eases things a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and a, and a win just sets up everything. Yeah. It, oh yeah. Momentum into next month. Yeah, and Panama right now is up one zero on Mexico at halftime, and Jamaica and Costa Rica are playing right now. But yeah, so right now U.S. is fifth in the standings. We have two points. Um, I mean, realistically, um, the four teams you really have to worry about, well, including the U.S., um, and U.S., Costa Rica, Mexico, and Panama, I think, are the best four teams. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think I think we should be fine against Costa Rica and Panama. It's just Mexico, I feel like, is really the only team that makes a case that they're better than us, a legit case. But... Um, I mean, other than that, um, I think everything should be fine. Just not not time to panic, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I'd rather... Maybe if we were having this conversation tomorrow after the Honduras yeah. game when we had the results. Maybe yeah. we'd be having a, a different conversation. But as of right now, before... I'm going to emphasize that again. Before the Honduras game, I, I don't think it's time to panic just yet. I think there's little things, though, that are kind of floating around. Um, you know, the McKinney and Pulisic thing is going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Geo's health going forward is going to be a big factor, and COVID also. Yeah. Um, th- those are going to be a lot of things to keep an eye on. Um, but I-, I think right now they're in a decent spot. They're okay. Yeah, g- um, games like these is a good time to show the death. I mean, U.S. basically won, basically won the Gold Cup with like the B team. Honestly, players yeah. that. Oh yeah. So I mean. Um, yeah, there's definitely talent there. I mean. Yeah, there's it, talent. There's there's death. There's a little bit of death. I know. You know, not Mexico had sent Ochoa to the Olympics. Not all the best players were playing in the Gold Cup, but yeah. But everybody, I mean, nobody really had sent their best players. Yeah, so, but you know, still impressive. Yeah, out of the, the backups, US. the U.S.'s backups, yeah, reign supreme. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess, um, just to to end on that, then I guess before we get, we we move into the next topic, um, I think we're both kind of in agreement here. Yeah. Uh, n- nothing to panic to yet. Um, but I think we both kind of feel the same way that it is something to keep an eye on. But as of right now. I wouldn't say it's panic time. Yeah. I think it's, you know, something to keep an eye on, definitely. But there, yeah, there's tonight, a lot of games tonight. a lot of games to play, a lot of time to go. So I think we'll be okay. I, uh, I'm not too, too worried yet. But um, I, I think that's that's enough on that, right? Yeah, tonight can really... It'll yeah. really tell what 
panic rack, panic flag may be raised after tonight, but if they win, it just fixes everything and we're all set. Yeah. All so right. uh, I'll go ahead and ask the next question then. Um, so of course, um, me and Justin are both big Patriots fans, and big news came out last week when we released Cam Newton, um, and it kind of caught a lot of people off guard. I think it caught everybody off guard. I don't think yeah. anybody was really expecting yeah. that one. Um, so the, now the question is, what team should sign Cam Newton? Yeah, this was asked by Greg Molina. Greg Molina, yeah. Greg Molina asking, what team should sign Cam Newton? You want to go ahead and start um, on that? Honestly, I don't think any team should. I don't think any team will want to sign him. I don't think any team should sign him. Um, he's just... I don't know. It, it's weird. I just think he's either a starter or he just shouldn't be playing. I just think he's too much of a personality to, to be a backup. Yeah. I think he could be... I mean, I, I don't know. Um, supposedly, I had heard that... I had saw somewhere that Mac Jones was teaching um, the playbook. Yeah, I had seen the that playbook too. to Cam. So, yeah. I mean... I don't know. I just think, personally, I think he should just hang him up. Um, the shoulder injuries, the, the way he was played early on in his career, taking a lot of hits, really. And especially that, that shoulder. I mean, he, he did look good in the preseason. Um, I thought Houston... Should sign him when he was released. I thought that was the first team that really could pick him up. But um, honestly, I can't. I I can't really think of one. I mean, maybe Dallas has a backup. I know their backup is like Cooper Rush. I mean, I think Dak. There won't be any questions about who's the better guy there. I think everybody knows Dak. Yeah. Dak is the better guy. Yeah, um, definitely. I think you you're bringing up a good point. I mean, and of course Jerry Jones likes attention, so um, bringing in. Cam, Cam Newton, Newton would, gonna... uh, would bring an attention. So that maybe that's something um, to watch for. Maybe the Cowboys, but I feel like they would have done it already if they really wanted to do that. So, I mean, what team should sign Cam Newton? I don't know. I don't, I don't think any team should, honestly. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I think it kind of depends on where Cam Newton is in his career and where, what he thinks of himself as a player. If he still thinks of himself as a starting caliber player and he's not willing to accept that backup role just yet, then I think kind of like you said, there's no reason for him to sign with the team just yet. Um, if you look at all the teams with the worst quarterback situations, um, he could go to the Panthers, but it looks like the Panthers are trying to rebuild with, with Sam Darnold. Yeah. They're going to put all their bread or all their eggs into the Sam Darnold basket. Uh, the Broncos, they have Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. I don't think they want to add another quarterback into that, you know, that mix. The Bears, we know the Bears is set to be Justin Fields' team probably in the first five or six weeks of the year. Um, no question on that one. Uh, you did bring up the Texans, which uh, initially that was a team I thought also, but at this point in his career, do we think Cam Newton's really that much better than Tyrod Taylor? I, I think they're about the same. They're about the same player, and honestly, I, I, I would kind of rather have Tyrod Taylor at this point, maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's hard to, I mean, if we're going off of the preseason, I think Cam is better, but I mean, it's hard to tell. Pages are like the only team in the league who really played their starters, so it's hard to tell um, if he's really, if he was really back, you know, to his old self. I mean, he did look good, but um, Tyrell Taylor, he's just, uh, he's just a safe guy to go to, you know, he's just gonna, he's just a safe pick to. Yeah, I think a few yeah. years ago, you know, the, the Tyrell Taylor versus Cam Newton conversation, you kind of would probably look at Tyrell Taylor as like a, a lesser version of Cam Newton, yeah, but I think yeah. at this point... They're the same guy, basically. Yeah, and I mean, you never know what happens. You know, maybe Tyrod, you know, has, God forbid, you know, he has an injury or something happens. Then maybe the Texans will consider bringing him in. 
Um, of course, we're not even going to bring up Deshaun Watson. I think yeah. we're both in agreement. Deshaun Watson probably won't play a snap for the Texans all yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the thing. The t- I'd say the Texans, but I mean, ultimately, I think he's going to end up in Miami, Deshaun. So and. Well, of course, if he goes to Miami, then obviously uh, the Dolphins will send Tua, so... Yeah, so then he probably won't ever touch yeah, the Texans if so that trade does happen. Yeah, so... Um, I'm just looking around, looking right now at, at every team's starting quarterback situation. I just don't see anywhere... I mean, maybe the Vikings, maybe? Maybe. Kirk Cousins? Maybe, Kirk but... Kirk Cousins? Yeah, he's under, that's underwhelmed. A, yeah, that's a big maybe. That's really the only team that he could go to. I mean, maybe uh, the Lions, but I mean... They're probably going to get a quarterback next year. I don't think they want to... Yeah, I think they're full-on tank mode. They probably... I don't see them buying into Jared Goff long-term, so I think they're probably... They're okay doing whatever, you know, Jared Goff gets them to and then hopefully drafting a quarterback. I think you did bring up a good point, though, with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, And this is why I was also saying it depends on where Cam views himself in his career. If he's okay with being a backup, then... Going somewhere like Dallas where there's already a really, really good team, that the offensive firepower and the skill positions to be, you know, real specific, it's it's hard to find teams in the NFL that have as much talent at the skill position that the Cowboys do. Yeah. They there's I mean, maybe the Bucks have a better, you know, threesome at receiver. The Chiefs I don't think they have three receivers that are better. Um I'm trying to think of other teams that have, you know, lots of threats on the outside. I can't I think the, of the one. Steelers right here. Steelers maybe, Steelers. but I don't think they're at the the talent level that the the Cowboys have at skill position. Yeah, I, mean, I think maybe looking at it right now, there's an article that's saying Juju's, Juju said there's no buzz in the locker room for Cam, but, I mean, it kind of makes sense because they're going to be – I think they're going to finish 9-7 and seven or 9-8 and eight it is now. The Steelers? Yeah, so I think they're going to be in the middle of the pack where they're not going to get a good quarterback, and I think next year will kind of be like a bridge year. Well, they also have Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, but I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that's a tricky situation because it's hard to see or hard to to really qualify how much they believe in Haskins. I know in preseason, I guess I was seeing reports and stuff that they were impressed with him and and they really liked him. So that's something to keep an eye on, you know, if maybe they really have bought into Dwayne Haskins and they're okay, you know, handing the, the keys to Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really know. I feel like by midseason... Uh, yeah, and of course, you know, injuries and stuff like that may happen over the course of the year, so maybe there may be an opportunity for Cam to start. But if he doesn't see himself as a start anymore, I think Dallas might be the best spot for him to come in as a backup because he's – I mean, Cam Newton being what he is right now is definitely better than, than – what's the guy's name? Cooper Rush, I think. Yeah, Cooper That's the backup Rush. for the Cowboys. Yeah. And if – obviously, they would get him cheap, but – if you could have Cam Newton as your backup quarterback, I think Cowboys, you know, we saw last year what happens when, when Dak was out. And I don't think Cam can replicate what Dak can do, but I do feel like he can definitely do better than what yeah. Andy Dalton did. Yeah, yeah. And surrounded with that kind of talent, um, I, I, I do think maybe a backup role in Dallas could, might be the best fit for him if he's okay being a backup. And there's also, you know, another thing that me and you had kind of talked about before is how much is him not being vaccinated going to affect, you know, a team wanting to bring him in? Do you want to bring that risk in that um, if, if he does get COVID or something happens, it, there's, you know, a chance of him spreading it and then him having to be out two weeks and potentially causing a shutdown and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, as Patriots fans, we saw it last year. It happened. He missed a few games and then it took him even after that a few games to, to kind of bounce back. But yeah, so... I just say no team. I mean, he's already 32. He's 
pretty old, honestly. He's an old 32, especially since all the hits. Yeah, yeah, all the hits he took early in his career. So, um, you say Cowboys? Um, I say it depends um, on his mindset. Um, If he's okay taking a step back, if he doesn't still want to, you know, if he just wants to be another one of the guys, if he just wants to keep playing football, then I don't think there's really a better spot for him than Dallas. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a good fit for both for both the team and the player. Yeah. Um, he can be a backup, and if anything happens to Dak coming off that injury from last year, then um, I, I think he would be a good replacement. Yeah. And um, if if he's not, then that's when it's kind of a little tricky. Um, then I think he definitely would probably be better off just sitting out and waiting to see. Yeah, what at least the, this year. I think this year he should just. Yeah. Well, the thing is with him, with his age and injury history. I think if he sits out this year, it's it's almost going to be one of those things where he's basically done if he sits this year. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think a team would want to take a chance on him coming back. You know, being with his injury history, let's be honest, last year he didn't look amazing with the Patriots. He, I think he threw for more interceptions than touchdowns. Yeah. I think yeah, he had, what was it, 10, 10 to 9. Yeah, 10, 10 to 9. Picks. Yeah, 10 picks to 9 touchdowns. Yeah, so I mean... We we all know Cam Newton's biggest asset is his ability to move the chains with his legs, but you, you still got to be able to throw the ball. And he, over the last few years with his injuries, the shoulders, he he just hasn't shown that he can. So it's gonna be he he's in a in a tricky situation where if he sits out this year, he might not have a spot coming back. Yeah. All right. So next question by who is this question by? This is a good one. This is probably one of my favorite ones. Yeah, by Jaden by Jaden Arrington. Who's the better tight end? Kelsey or Kittle? One so, answer. yeah. All right. Um, to me, it, it very much depends on Correct. what you yeah. want from your tight end. Yeah. I've, I've told you this before. I think Travis Kelsey is just an oversized receiver. I don't think he is a real quote-unquote tight end. Yeah. And the way the Chiefs use him, he's perfect because that's exactly what they, they use him for. They use him as a receiver. They use him as an outside threat. They use him as they. I think he plays out of the slot a lot, right? He yeah, doesn't line yeah. up at at tight end. Yeah, um, he never really with his foot and his hand in the dirt. dirt. Yeah. So in that sense, I mean, he's there's probably nobody better in the NFL right now than Travis Kelsey for that. But if you want to, you know, go with the old school definition of somebody who's an actual tight end that's gonna, you know, put their hand in the dirt and it's gonna be a part of the the blocking game and gonna be a part of your run scheme, and then still be able to patch casts and leak out and create mismatches, then I don't think it's close. I think Kittle is, in terms of that definition of a tight end, I think he is leagues ahead of Kelsey. I don't think anybody would mistake Kelsey for being an elite blocker or being a good blocker. Yeah. Um, but Kittle is just, you know, your, your almost perfect, like, well-rounded tight end. Tight end. Um, so it, for me, it comes down to preference. Um, depending on what I'm looking for out of a tight end. If you're looking for more of that receiving threat, that big play threat, then there's nobody better than Travis Kelsey. He's easily the best in the game at that position. But if, if you want a quote-unquote ideal, you know, historically speaking, tight end, I think George Kittle is probably the way to go for that one. Yeah, I'd probably I'd say the same thing, and I, I really don't think it's close. Um, another thing that you said was that... Um, I kind of, I feel like Kittle is an even better receiver than, Kittle is a better receiver than Kelsey, 
It says here that Kittle ran a 4.52 in his 40 and Kelsey ran a 4.63. So, uh, I don't know. A lot of, I feel like a lot of people think that Kelsey, Kelsey is fly. faster and a better deep threat, but uh, I kind of disagree with that. I just think Kittle is just – I mean, I don't want to say way, way better, but I just think Kittle is just easily the best tight end in the league. But if Kittle doesn't, you know, exist, and I think Kelsey is easily the best tight end, it's just one and two, and they're just way better than everybody else. Well, how how much separation do you put between them and uh, Darren Waller? Waller? Uh, I would – I say Waller's more in that Travis yeah, Kelsey range, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waller, Waller, Waller is pretty close to Kelsey, but I – I think I he know. played receiver in college, didn't he? I have no idea. If, I let me look that up. I think he went to Georgia. I think he went to Georgia. Yeah, I know he went to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech but, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I see what you're saying about his his speed um, being, you know, George Kittle's speed. Um, but I still feel like if I need a catch, if I had to pick between one of them two, yeah. I'm probably taking Kelsey. Yeah, but... There was a game, I don't know if it was last year. I think it was last year when Garoppolo was hurt. I think Kittle was targeted 16 times, and he caught the ball 16 times. So I yeah, mean, He's very reliable. Yeah, I feel like receiving, they're probably even. I feel like they're e- even in receiving. But in terms of blocking, just Kittle is way better. So, obviously, you just give that edge to Kittle right there. So, if you had to pick one, if you're building a football team... And uh, you're given the choice between George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Uh, you're taking Kittle, it sounds like. Yeah, easily, and easily. See, for me personally, I think I might... As much as I feel like Kittle is a more better rounded tight end, I feel like the threat of Kelsey as a receiver is too hard, too difficult for me to pass up on that. Yeah. I feel like he brings so much to your passing game and another dynamic where he he's... Like I said, he's basically a souped-up receiver where if if you single-cover him with a DB, he is going to yeah. bully him. And if you try to put him with, you know, a, a linebacker, he's he's way too way fast. faster, yeah. way too quick. He gets in and out of his routes yeah, very, he, very he, smoothly. He's a good route runner. Uh, he might not be faster than Kittle, but he's – I know for a fact he's more agile and – a yeah, lot so quicker, a lot, but way better route runner. Definitely, especially but, by the games that from last year, you could just tell how great of a route runner he was. Um, yeah, he had a really good year. I, I think he led the league in. Uh, I think he led the league in receiving, not even for just tight overall. End. Yeah, just overall. So yeah, and it, there is a reason why you know when when his contract extension came up, they were talking about you know, and as you know in the NFL, you're capped by position for what you can yeah. make. Yeah. But there's a reason why when Kittle's contract was up for uh, renewal and it was time to, to re-up on a contract, he wanted to get paid like a receiver, and it's because... Practically is one. He, he, he practically is a receiver. He basically plays receiver for the Chiefs. But um, And again, like we said, it comes down kind of to your preference and what you're looking for in, in the tight end. Me, personally, uh, I don't care too much for the run blocking. I feel like you can, you can scheme your way around stuff like that. And as long as he's willing to do a little bit, you know, then, then that's good enough. But I feel like the... The targets and the presence he brings as a as a receiving threat is too much to pass up on. I feel like I would probably take Kelsey over Kittle for that reason. All right. All right. Well, fourth question that we have from Frankie, the Giants fan, only Giants fan I know. Oh my God. Um, is Eli Manning a Hall of Fame quarterback? You you can start this. I'll one. answer it first. On, I mean, if you just look at the stats. If you just look at the stats, he's the definition of an average quarterback. Yeah, he's 
nowhere near a Hall of Fame quarterback. Nowhere near if you just look at the stats. I think he's like under 500 by like a game or two. But honestly, you cannot tell the story of the NFL without him. I think for that reason solely, he is a Hall of Fame quarterback because he... I was going to say he's the only one to beat Tom Brady, but it was Nick Foles also. Nick but Foles pulled some crap in Bill, He beat him twice, and you can't really tell the story of the NFL without Eli Manning. So Especially the yeah, especially the one year. Yeah, and what, what he did what he did in those games in the last drives, he probably the two most clutch. That one, that one clutch throw to Mario Manningham was a big one, and, of course, that catch. Helmet catch. The helmet catch. So um, I, I really think you can't tell the story of the NFL without Eli Manning. So, in my opinion, he is one. Um, if you take away those two games, then he's not not even close. Um, if he just wins one Super Bowl, I don't think he is. But just because of the fact that he beat Tom Brady twice in the biggest game, um, I would say he is. I would say. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like he doesn't really deserve it. But as know, much just, as, yeah. as I don't want him to be in. Yeah, he, people have gotten in for less. I yeah. feel like um, I'm looking at his numbers right now. He's actually seventh in NFL history with passing yards, and seventh in NFL history uh, in terms of passing touchdowns. His record is literally 117 and 117. Mm-hmm. So like he's I I know people make fun of the Cowboys being eight and eight all the time. Like he's literally the, the, the definition yeah, of eight, eight and eight. eight. Yeah. Um, third most consecutive starts by a quarterback of all time. Four-time Pro Bowler, and but I think, you know, like you kind of mentioned, those two Super Bowls are really saving him there, and two Super Bowl MVPs, not only two two Super Bowl wins, yeah. um, and unfortunately, those are two of the most memorable plays in Super Bowl history. If it wasn't for Malcolm Butler, you'd probably put Russell Wilson's throw, yeah, um, to who was it, Curse? That one, Jermaine, probably, Jermaine Curse. That yeah. if it wasn't for Malcolm Butler, then we'd probably talk about that Russell Wilson play on the same level here. But, um, yeah, I think th- this will probably be a quick one, a quick question that we'll go through because I feel like we're both kind of in agreement here that surface level, probably not, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Like, I, nothing about him ever screamed, you know, like, um, Hall of Famer, like, look at his talent, look at his ability. But two Super Bowl wins, two Super Bowl MVPs, seventh in passing yards, seventh in passing touchdowns, third most starts in a row ever for a quarterback. Just off of that alone, and he's a four-time Pro Bowler, he he'll he'll get in. I, I feel like players have gotten in for less, um, but I, I don't. I never viewed him as you know being an elite guy. When I would talk about top ten quarterbacks, even when yeah. he was in his quote unquote prime, he probably like bottom end of the top ten. Yeah, if anything, if he was even a top ten quarterback. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was never. He was never an elite quarterback. I think the bigger question, Eli Manning is a good one because people will, will talk about that one because of, you know, the 117 and 117 record. If you take away the record and you look at, um, you know, the passing yards and passing touchdowns, yeah, then he probably, he, minus his regular season record as a starter, he's probably a surefire lock. But it's kind of hard for me to ignore that record as being average. And I know in football, a lot of it has to do with the pieces around you and stuff. But if you're an elite quarterback, like... He wanted to be viewed as for years. You should be able to do more than one seventeen, one seventeen. I think a quarterback that might have a tougher conversation to get in is Philip Rivers, and I know that's one that people aren't really talking about too much yet because he just retired um, after this year. But I feel like that's actually a a better question of is Philip Rivers. I, I, I be feel like Philip Rivers is a better quarterback than Eli, um, but he just 
Um, he just never really was surrounded by a good team. I think the one time that he was with LT was in, I want to say, 07. Yeah, the, the Patriots, Patriots were yeah. 18-0. That was the Yeah, the year I the think Patriots. he played like on a torn ACL. I think that was the year when he played on the torn ACL. But uh, going back to Eli, looking at the stats, um, by the time he's up for induction, he I don't... I don't think he'll be top ten in pass leaders and t- touchdown passes. Matt Ryan will probably Matt Ryan pass will him. pass him this year. Matt, Eli's yeah. at three sixty six and Matt Ryan's at three forty seven. Matthew, Matthew Stafford. Stafford's at two eighty two. Eventually, I, he'll he'll pass that in. I think the if two or three years, yeah, if healthy, depending on how he looks with the Rams, Matthew Stafford will probably pass him inside of three years. And um, Russell Wilson will pass him in yeah, two years, definitely. Russell Wilson's going to pass him eventually, and then of course we know guys like Patrick Mahomes are going to catch up and they'll pass him. Um, the way Patrick Mahomes is playing, Patrick Mahomes might pass him in the next two or three years. <laughs> yeah, honestly. The way he throws touchdown passes, it's insane. Um, but, yeah, uh, we're kind of in agreement on this one. I don't think he was ever an elite, crazy great player or anything. He had yeah, two just, great plays, just, two yeah. great games. Two great quarters, honestly, for being honest. Two great fourth quarters. Yeah. That do make him a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. All right, so. Yeah, average quarterback came up clutch in very, very big moments and played for a long time, so he had some pretty good numbers. That's yeah. the way I see it. All right. So next question, asked by Jason. I want to say, yeah, it was asked by Jason. Uh, UT, opinions on UT and OU going to the SEC? Um, this one, this one's a good topic, and there's so much to, to go into about this topic that it could probably be its own podcast because... With the the impact that UT and OU going to the SEC is gonna have, is literally gonna change college football. Yeah. Like and and I don't think, it is dramatic to say that, that the landscape of college football over the next five years is gonna, change entirely. Um, I know me and you have mentioned before, UT and OU leaving means the Big Ten or Big Twelve. I'm sorry, is basically dead. Um, yeah, I had just seen today that um. UCF, um, I think they reached out to the Big 12 to join, actually. So I think the, I don't know, I don't really think they'll be dead. I feel like they'll turn into a conference like the AAC, practically dead, forgotten yeah, about. Well, yeah. Well, Barely well, even a Power 5. I think they'll, be, they'll end up being the yeah, weakest what I mean by, Power 5 conference. What I mean by dead is I don't even think... I don't think they'll be able to be viewed as a power five without, yeah, yeah. without UT and, and OU. They're going to have to scrap and, and scrape teams up. And I don't think you can call them a power five conference anymore. I think it's going to end up being a power four. And I know the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12, Pac-12 are in talks of working something out. So you, you might end up having an SEC versus the world type of conference outlook in you know a few years from now. Um as far as for Texas and Oklahoma, I think this is great for both of them. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma, they're two of the biggest brands in college football easily. They probably lose most of their recruits to the SEC. And the mm-hmm. sole purpose, the sole reason being is because that they lose these recruits is because they're not in the SEC. Um, so I think slapping that SEC branding on Texas and Oklahoma is going to make two programs that are already rich. Uh, with a lot of tradition, it's going to help boost them back into that national contention even sooner. Oklahoma's been in the playoffs recent years, but I think nobody's really given them a fair chance. Um, Texas, obviously, we've been down for... 10 years. Probably. Uh, probably. I mean, we, we haven't had a really good year since 2009. But 
hopefully this transition going into the SACs, a lot of the in-state recruits that we've been losing, hopefully will start staying home again. And I think a lot of that's also going to depend on how we look with Sark. Uh, we got off to a good start this past weekend. But for both of them, I think it's, it's, it's a great move. It's a smart move for money and a smart move for recruiting that yeah. I think is going to pay off big time for both schools. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way, honestly. Um, I think Oklahoma, I think this is big for Oklahoma. Uh, question all these years, you, you know their offense is going to be great. Their defense has just been terrible these past few years, and I feel like going into SEC territory in terms of recruiting will really help them. Um, I feel like they're just – I feel like they will win a national championship within two or three years of going to the SEC. Personally, I feel that way, even though I really don't like that. But I feel like they'll, they'll, they'll get the missing pieces that they weren't getting by being in the Big 12, you know, because the Big 12 was always known for not playing any defense. So – I feel like that move will benefit them. Um, and they'll be joining the SEC. I think both of them will be joining the SEC West. Well, I think it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen a few years from now, see what changes and realignments the SEC will have to make. Yeah, I feel like I think, I think one team out of the West will have to move to the East because it'll be 7-7. Seven and seven. And I think in order to make the East and the West even out a little even bit. Out, yeah, I think they'll have to move one team. Yeah, and I feel... I mean, right now, SC West, Auburn, Alabama, Ole Miss, A&M, Arkansas, Mississippi State, LSU. I mean, these are all big teams, but, I mean, realistically, LSU just lost this weekend. Mississippi State is – They're an average team. They're an average team. Best. Arkansas is a bad team. Ole Miss is, is a, another bad is a, average team. Yeah, with Lane Kiffin, I feel like they can. Lane Kiffin's always going to keep them in yeah. attention because he can just pull some crazy yeah, stuff out of his ass. Alabama, we already know. And Auburn, it's just a... Hit or miss. Yeah. They're either going to have a great year I feel like, or they're going to be absolute dog shit. There's no in between with uh, <laughs> with Auburn. Yeah, and I feel like letting, letting go of Gus Malzahn was a bad move. I don't even know who their head coach is right now. but um, If you're A&M, are you salty about Texas and Oklahoma coming? I feel like this hurts A&M more than anybody. It hurts them in terms of recruiting. Um, kind of they're just their identity as a as a team, as a like as a school of just being in the SEC, and it, I think it hurts them uh, more than anybody in the conference. And because uh, their whole recruiting pitch was always that we're they the were SEC. the yeah we're they were the, the only, they were the only team in the SEC and. Uh, I still feel like Oklahoma and Texas kind of dominated the recruiting in Texas and the Dallas area, um, except for maybe this last year. But um, I feel like this move just kind of makes it worse for A&M, and I feel like they're going to... I will say this. I think A&M, their best shot to win a national championship has to be within these next three years. Because when Texas and Oklahoma get to the SEC, they're going to lose a decent amount of recruits to both schools. Yeah, and and I feel like the... I don't think Texas and um, Oklahoma, I feel like they'll be in the SEC by 2023, latest. I wouldn't be surprised if they're there next year. So um, Yeah, I don't know if next year will be the year. Um, that would yeah, be great. I, I would like love that. 2023 is probably the most uh, That's realistic. probably the most realistic year. I feel yeah. like the Big 12 will probably want to... Too much money or something. Yeah, and and I feel like they'll they'll eventually find an agreement where they kind of both just say like, okay, let's just cut ties and yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like. You go. Um, How do you feel about that theory that um, I had told you about that they said you know supposedly that stuff like this it's usually done you know under the covenant or you know backdoor stuff it's usually kept really really quiet so the news of that of Texas and Oklahoma wanting to leave 
could have possibly been leaked from like an A and M source or something. Hopefully, trying to kill uh, the deal. Uh, honestly, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I don't think A and M wants Texas or Oklahoma to join the SEC. Um, more so Texas, but um, it it honestly wouldn't surprise me if there was an A and M person who leaked the story. Yeah, usually stuff like this doesn't come out. They usually do a good job of keeping it undercover until. Yeah. Yeah, I had seen that they were talking about this since January in um, Texas and OU. Yeah, usually stuff like this is usually, it usually comes out when it's ready to be brought out. It's not really something that's kind of leaked out like this. So I think it's something, it's it's definitely interesting. Uh, I think it's a great move for Texas, great move for Oklahoma, great for the SEC, of course. Uh, You bring in two programs like that. As far as for the rest of college football. Yeah, I was about to ask that. What do you think? You think it's great for college football as a whole? I think it's great for the players with the name, image, name, image, and likeness because you're going to be playing in the biggest, you know, games every single week as far as overall for college football. Um, I don't know, honestly. Uh, I think the only thing this proves to me is that you need to expand the college football playoff, like, immediately. Yeah, Because yeah. you – I mean, Oklahoma was a fixture in the college football playoff even though they hadn't won anything ever, right? They hadn't yeah, won a championship. Yeah, I don't think they – But they were almost – always in the college football playoff along with Alabama, Clemson, and then, you know, one of their SEC school. So I, I feel like this just goes to show that they need to expand that playoff as soon as they can because I, I'm a biased Texas fan, but there's, we're not going to be down for that much longer. Yeah. Um, I think by the time we move over to the SEC, we're going to be threats to be back in the playoff as well. So now you're going to have Alabama. You're still going to have... Um, who am I thinking of? Georgia. You're still going to have Clemson. Those guys aren't going anywhere. Those are going to be three teams that are going to be always in consideration. You're still going to have your Ohio State. And then now you're adding Oklahoma and Texas into the already most competitive conference. Um, I, I think you need to expand the playoff. It needs to, even if it's only eight teams, I yeah. think that definitely helps. I, I would probably go more than eight because if you go eight, then you're probably going to have half of your teams from the SEC. And do you really want that if you're the NCAA? Probably not. Yeah. But Yeah, and I think it um, kind of balances out college football as a whole. I feel like a lot of kids go to Alabama because they feel um, that they're going to be in the playoff every year. Yeah. But by ex- expanding the playoff, um, you know. Well, the name of the game for a lot of these guys is just to get seen. Yeah, right? they want to be. Yeah, they yeah. want to be seen as much as they can before they can take the next step. And if, if you give more opportunities for teams to be seen, which means by, you know, expanding playoff games. Then it'll really just yeah. balance it out. And not everybody will want to go to Alabama. Yeah, not everybody's going to feel like we have to go here yeah, to, to... To be seen. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, um, th- there's a lot that you can talk about uh, with this UT and OU going to the SEC stuff. It, it's really, really... It's a deep subject um, with, the, with so much potential changes that can go on. We could probably go on for about an hour or two. Yeah. Just about that and, and talking about the ripple effects that it's going to have across every conference and for every school. Um, but I think as far as for UT, OU, and for the SEC itself, I think it's great. It's, it's, it's big time. For the rest of the college football, uh, it's going to be interesting depending on what changes the NCAA, NCAA makes. But I think for UT, you know, being like I said, being a biased UT fan, this is great. I love it. Uh, I'm not too worried about the competition aspect. I think they'll be okay. They might struggle for a year or two, but I, I think we'll be fine. I'm, I'm yeah. not too, too worried about that. I think we'll be okay. All right. So that's that. Moving on to the next question, kind of in the same. Sticking with same. college football. Sticking with college football. Just thoughts on the first week of college football. Um, 
honestly looking at the top 10, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, A&M, Clemson, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Iowa State, and Iowa. So my thoughts, basically just um, Alabama did, I mean, I think what everybody expected them to do was just blow out, every, blow out Miami. Um, I, but think, I, I really think Miami is, came in overrated. Yeah, as they do every year. I mean, Miami hasn't been, you know, really good, really competitive for for years yeah, now. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good win. I think they won by like thirty one. Yeah, but, the, the uh, final score wasn't even close. I don't think the game was ever really close. Yeah. Uh, um, Forty four to thirteen was the final in that one. Yeah. Um, the one thing was Georgia beating Clemson ten to three. Yeah, I think honestly, I, I just have a lot of question marks for both teams. Um, Clemson only putting up three points is a terrible look. It's not the way you want to start the DJ era, you know, post Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Um, it, it's it's a really bad look, and if you're Georgia, um, for me, I have questions because the everybody swore up and down throughout last year in the off season that TJ Daniels, uh, JT Daniels, I mean, yeah. was the answer and that things were going to be different. And uh, I'm not too versed in Clemson's defense. Um, I'm not too familiar with how good, how much NFL talent they have still on this defense. But I don't think their defense is as good or as talented as a few years ago. No. No. Uh, the, uh, I know they still do have um, Brent Venables, the, D, the defensive coordinator. I know he's one of the best. Yeah, as long as he's um, there, they'll always I, have a good defense. Honestly, I can't. And then we'll have Brian Brisey, the D-lineman. Um, they were missing somebody else, too. Yeah, I, I know they... Uh, they're, they're, they're not as talented as years past. I don't think. I really don't know that much about their defense. But um, I don't know. I think I feel like the bigger story in that game is Georgia's defense, honestly. They, they look yeah, yeah. yeah, they look great. Um, and I don't just think... Just the one question mark, of course, that offense and JT Daniels. Yeah. I don't think there's any questions about, you know, oh, it was DJ's first start. He started last year in Clemson's yeah, offense. And he had a miss beat. Yeah. And he had a good game, too. So I don't know if you can really put the blame on him. Uh, the one thing I had seen on t- I had seen on Twitter, um, is that maybe just uh, the coaching Clemson's offense just might be bad. I just feel they've just uh, gotten too comfortable with um, Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence being your last two quarterbacks. Um, I feel like yeah, you can get a little complacent. Yeah, yeah, you have that kind of talent. Yeah, there. yeah. So um, I don't know. And just the the way they run things, their schemes are kind of basic. It's, They've relied a lot on their talents. Yeah, they've and, relied a lot on their talents. So. Yeah, I mean, and they have a very talented... Um, I can't remember the receiver's name. Um, Justin Ross. Justin Ross. Yeah, he's probably going to be a, a first-round pick this year, I think, if he comes out this year, if not yeah. next year. Um, whenever he comes out, he, he'll probably be a first-round pick, I'm assuming. Uh, DJ, he'll, he'll be fine. He, we saw what he did last year. He, he can play. He's good. There's. I don't think there's any questions on that. I think this was more about Georgia's defense, and just how how great they lived. Of course, you don't want to ever score three points. That's not a good look. But I I still have question marks as far as um, J T Daniels because I don't think we have any question that Alabama is going to be able to score more than three points. Oh, yeah. But Definitely. if you're Georgia, are you sure you're going to be able to score more than ten points on Alabama? Looking the way you did against Clemson, you know, this weekend, I, I don't know. Um, Ohio State, I'm not sure who Ohio State played. 
They um, played against Minnesota. 45-31 to 31 over Minnesota. Yeah. Um, honestly, I their starting quarterback didn't look too yeah, good to C- start C- the game. Yeah, C.J. Stroud did not look good. Um, but... I don't really, he doesn't need to. All, all he needs to do is be average, uh, especially with those wide receivers that they have. Honestly, it's it's easily the best wide receiving room in the country So that team. So, I mean, honestly, he just needs to be average. Um, I feel like he's not the best quarterback on that roster, I feel. But I feel like they're going to stick with him for this year. Um, do you think if this was next year and Quinn Ewers was coming in, do you think they would give the ball to Quinn Ewers? I feel like they would eventually kind of be like what uh, Trevor Lawrence and um, Kelly Bryant happened, what happened there. I agree. Uh, I, I don't see – I wasn't impressed with the um, Stroud. Yeah, um, he, he did not look too good. Uh, at this time, after – I know it's very early, very, very early. It's week one, but it really looks like it's Alabama versus the field as yeah. usual. Yeah. And I right now I'd probably – bet everything I have on Alabama. Yeah, I don't it, see another team that's really close right yeah, now. Yeah, so that's the one. We talked about Georgia, Ohio State, and the number four, which would be, at this time, would be the Oklahoma Sooners. Oklahoma Sooners. Um, they looked terrible as well. Yeah, they, they got barely beat, They start. barely beat Tulane by five. Um, Spencer Rattler did not look good. He threw an interception, I think, on his first pass. Yeah, I've told you, I, I'm not big yeah, on the Spencer Rattler. Yeah, train. yeah. I don't see it. I've, I think it's very... Not very overrated, but a little overrated. Of course, and we know the quarterbacks that go through the Lincoln Riley, you yeah. know, offense. They often tend to have inflated numbers because Lincoln Riley's just probably yeah. the best offensive mind college football yeah. scene in a while, maybe. Um, Oklahoma's gonna have. I think they're gonna have a shaky year. Obviously, they'll probably win the Big Twelve. Yeah. Unless Texas has something to say about it, but I don't see them being a real threat in the college football playoff picture. Um, interesting note, Cincinnati is up to number seven. Um, I'm perfectly skipping over Texas A&M because they're trash and they played a team that nobody even knows or cares about in Kent State and they won 41 to 10. So there's not really anything of note there. Um, Clemson, we talked about them, but Cincinnati at number seven. Um, could this be the year that a team outside of the Power Five sneaks in? Do you think Cincinnati can, can get it done? I think this would be the best year. Um... Looking at their schedule, I do not have their schedule, but I assume it's pretty weak. Well, they do have Notre Dame. I, oh, they have Notre Dame. October 2nd. Okay. Uh, other than that, they don't really have any other real big they play games. Memphis, right? Like, that's uh, like maybe the best team that they have. No, they don't have Memphis have on Memphis the schedule either. this year. They have SMU and USF. Um, USF is at USF. SMU is at home. So, really, they're... they're their one and only real big test of the season is going to come in about three weeks against Notre Dame. They play at, at in, they play at Notre Dame, and the week before that, they're playing at Indiana. Indiana, I think, was a little bit of a shocker team last year, right? They, yeah. They had some, some yeah, good they games. Got, they looked a little solid last year. They lost to Iowa, I think. But, yeah, it was Iowa. Was it Iowa? Yeah, I think they did lose to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, of course, Iowa, I want to talk about Iowa. And at Iowa, this Saturday, they will be playing Iowa State. I think that's going to be a big game. Um, nine versus ten? Yeah, nine versus ten. And um, I don't know. I think Iowa Iowa could honestly be a team that makes the playoff this year. Um, you can see them knocking off Ohio State? Yeah, I could see I could see them beating Ohio State. I could see them splitting with Ohio State one and one. They, and they win, yeah, and then sneaking in. If teams in the SEC struggle. Uh, yeah, because um, Georgia, uh, they're going to lose to, I don't know if they play Bama this year. Let's see. I'll pull up the Georgia schedule here. 
Georgia plays, they play at Auburn, they play at home versus Florida, and they dodge the Auburn bullet this year. Yeah, so looking at that schedule, they'll get in. They'll get in. They'll they'll win their regular season. I think they'll win out their regular season and lose in the SEC championship to Bama. Bama will be undefeated and Georgia will win, will make it because, you know, they lost their only loss would be against Bama, but it's too early to talk about that right now. But anyways, um, Iowa versus Iowa State. I think it, for me, um, uh, um, Iowa does have a, uh, you know, could potentially be a threat to Ohio State. Especially if CJ um, Stroud plays like that. Yeah, but I think a, it's going to be, for me, a big big thing to watch for is if Iowa State pulls out that win, we may potentially have another threat in the Big 12. To, yeah. And, Maybe not. I don't want to say potentially because I'm not too sure, to be honest, what Texas is going to be a few weeks from now. Um, like I said, this weekend was you did a look good. good. Yeah. It looked like good a good start. But Iowa State is ranked number nine right now. They came off a great year last year with uh, Brock Purdy, I think is the quarterback's yeah. name, right? Yeah. Um, if they can pull off a win against Iowa, they might look like a real threat to Oklahoma, especially because I don't have a lot of confidence in Spen- Spencer Rattler yeah. or that defense again. So... Iowa State winning against Iowa could be huge going forward, especially if they're able to knock off Oklahoma if they play Oklahoma this year. Yeah, like you said, Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. Brees, yeah. Yeah, great running back right there. Um, Honestly, pull up the roster. I feel like if Oklahoma plays at Iowa State, then I feel like it's – I feel like Iowa State beats them. Um, See if we can pull that up. But, yeah, uh, but coming into this year, I felt like Iowa State could be a team that could um, ultimately challenge Oklahoma. And let's see, um, they play November 20th. Iowa State does go to Oklahoma. Um, but I feel like Oklahoma kind of, they kind of lose at home. They, they tend to they have should. big losses Yeah, they, like, they yeah. just almost lost. I know their first game last year against Kansas State, I believe they lost. Um... So, yeah, uh, I think Iowa State could be a really, really big uh, sleeper and a team that could make it as well. Give me, before we move on from this one, um, before we move on from college football, what's one sleeper team outside of the top 10 that you're looking at that you think Uh, could potentially? I know really early in the college football year where, you know, it's one weekend, but what's one team outside that has looked really good to you and that's, you know, a potential sleeper to you? All right. I, I'm gonna say this first of all. I know UCLA beat LSU this weekend, but I'm really low on LSU. I don't think they have that quarterback situation figured out. I feel like I don't want to call that win a fluke, but it's just not as big as people are it's making it out to seem. It's it's not as impressive as people want to make it out to seem. They played in California, um, home field against a really weak, my opinion, LSU team. No quarterback. So the one team I feel like is Penn State. I feel like last year, that first loss to Indiana, that game that I watched, um, I think it really broke their confidence, especially the way they lost that game, COVID year. Not having uh, Michael Parsons. Yeah, Michael Parsons opting out. Um, I feel like it was just an off year for a lot of teams, and especially being Penn State, um, I, f- I feel like they'll, they'll bounce back pretty nice. I like James Franklin as a coach. I think he's a great coach. Um, their defense looked great on Saturday. Um, they had a good win at Wisconsin, first game of the year. Really shows what type of team they're going to be. So honestly, I feel like Penn State 
could is that one team. I would say Oregon, um, but uh, I feel like they're kind of a one-man show with Thibodeau, with Kayvon Thibodeau being their only really great player, first-round pick. Yeah, they won and they dropped in the rankings. So yeah, it says a lot. Um, Florida, I don't really see anything there. No Cardavius Tony anymore, no Kyle Trask, no Kyle Pitts. That's too much... Too much to lose and for you to be a really a sleeper team. USC. I don't honestly, believe in them yet. I don't, I I don't honestly, see them being a real yeah, threat. Yeah, I can't really name a player on their team, honestly. I don't know if Brew McCoy's playing. Uh, Texas, you're going to have to see maybe three weeks from now. Um, this week's going to be a good test. But, yeah, other um, than that, all the other teams that are in the top yeah, 25, the other, I don't really see yeah, them. Maybe, maybe Ole Miss. Not really a sleeper team, but as a team that does better than they did last year. Could potentially upset yeah. a team or two. Like, you yeah. Know, yeah, but they, 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 they play they, Alabama. I don't see them beating them, but they do play Alabama. They have A&M. Um, you know, maybe potentially upsetting teams like that. Yeah. That, that could maybe shake it up. Uh, things at the top a little bit. That would yeah, be I mean, a little they, bit they did look good this weekend, but they did play a terrible Louisville team. Team did not look good at all. So, yeah, there you go. That's it. And our last question before we get into our NFL predictions. This is the question that's probably the most heated and talked about question when it comes to sports. By Odie. Odie put this question. Yeah, and uh, Nick also, you know, of course, uh, my boy Nick Mendoza, he sent this one to me too. He said, of course, we've got to talk about this one. And um, it, it is easily probably the most debated I don't even want to say just basketball debate, probably sports yeah. debate, period. Um, LeBron versus Jordan. Um, just real quick, of course, you know where I stand. I'm Michael Jordan. I, he's the GOAT to me. Um, and I know you're real big on the LeBron ragging, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, at this point... You're kind of forced. I mean, personally, I would say LeBron is a better basketball player overall, all around. But you're kind of forced to put Jordan above him just because he's 6-0. and You know, that's the one argument. 6-0, and six finals MVPs, defensive player of the year, played all 82 games numerous times. Um, de- yeah, I already said defensive player. Defensive first teams, all first teams, this and that. Um... And the one thing, honestly, I feel is there's two things that really make this where you're kind of, I mean, you're kind of forced to put Jordan above is LeBron, let's make, let's be real, the meltdown in, against the Mavs in 2011. That's the biggest thing I feel like that tarnishes his legacy. Yes. And something that was kind of out of his, out of his control, I feel like if Kevin Durant does not go to Golden State... He might have another uh, couple he, rings, he, he, maybe. I think yeah. it's flipped. I think it's 6-4 instead of 4-6. But um, those are just two things that, I mean, just really unfortunate for him. Um, that 20, what, the 2011 finals, yeah. Uh, I feel like that, that, that's the, really the only thing where you really can't, I mean, you just you just can't. It's it's tough to put him above. I mean, personally, I would just as a player, but I don't like when you're going off of everything, you know. Um, well, I think a good comparison for this one might be like, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Yeah, like, yeah. Tom Brady's accomplishments are so great that there's no question he is the goat. Yeah. yeah, but if you would just look at like who Tap. can do things yeah. better, it it might be Aaron Rodgers. Um, but for me, I think so. I made a list here. Offensively, I think I think Jordan's better. I think he scored the ball better. He scored more 
Yeah. I know I don't think I don't think the numbers suggest he scored more efficiently, but then again it was a different era. Yeah. Uh, game was played play a little bit better. Play defensively. Yeah. Defensively, um I don't have LeBron better at defense because we did see for there was a good five to six year stretch, I would say. Or definitely the Cleveland years at least, where he would just decide when he wanted to play defense. Yeah. I don't think you can rank somebody better defensively when they just pick and choose when they all right, so still learning, you know, how to do this. <laughs> Apparently, we ran out of time and are on our recording here. Yeah. So, uh, just kind of to recap and touch, uh, I guess it's finish part up two, part two, part two, part two episode one. Yeah, uh, just to finish up with what the you know the Jordan versus LeBron debate. Uh, I was kind of touching on before we cut off. Uh, I, I can't have LeBron better when he would pick and choose when to play defense. And I think overall, uh, I think we kind of both agree right now. Historically speaking, Jordan is better. Um, but LeBron, he looks like he's primed for another championship run. So who knows, man? And in a couple of years from now, we, we may have a different conversation. It may be hard to deny. But I think right now at this point, Jordan is yeah. definitely yeah. ahead for both of us. Yeah, I just think if LeBron gets six, then it's kind of a thing where it can be argued. And um, I mean, but as of now, I mean, personally, I would choose LeBron just because he's my favorite player. But... If I want to be realistic, you just kind of have to go with Jordan. Um, all right. Well, let's jump thoughts? into yeah, yeah. Let's jump all into right. our last last little bit here before we we call this an episode. Um, so we're gonna go through some a little bit of predicting and, and in honor of the NFL. Yes, yeah, NFL starting up tomorrow, Week One: Patriots versus Bucks. Let's start um, off real quick. Uh, predictions on tomorrow night's game. Tomorrow night being the first game of the year, uh, the Buccaneers versus the Cowboys in Tampa Bay. The, of course, first game back from, you know, the offseason. First game back from the big injury. Talk about Dak, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, yes. Um, so kind of interested to see how he looks. He did not play in any preseason games. Um, of course, they were on hard knocks this this um training camp so we got to see that he didn't really um didn't really throw that much throughout camp yeah he had the, sol- the yeah, had shoulder the, problem yeah, bothering him a little bit yeah. through ca- through camp so he didn't throw i think for a good two weeks or so two three weeks something like that um i personally have the cowboys pulling off the upset tomorrow night um i know dak not playing at all in the preseason is a little bit of a concern but I think we're going to see a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover from the Bucs. Um, it was a big year last year, coming off the way they beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl specifically. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to pull off the upset. And I don't think it's going to be uh, about the Cowboys per se. I think it's more about we're going to see a Super Bowl hangover from the Bucs. Um, there's high expectations for them with everybody coming back. But I have the Cowboys pulling off the upset. What about you? Um, I think... I think Tampa Bay wins this game. I don't think it's easy. Um, I think it's a close game. I want to say the betting line I saw was... Uh, I want to say it was Bucks. I mean, yeah, the Bucks by 7.5. So I think the Cowboys will cover. The, I think the Cowboys will cover. I think it'll be either a 7-point game or a 6-point game. I don't think the Bucks will win by anything over a touchdown. I feel like... Um, I feel like they'll kind of be in control all game, but it'll kind of be a close game. So I expect the Cowboys to cover the betting line. It'll be a, you know, within a touchdown game. But I think, I think the Bucks pull it out. Uh, the one thing I just want to say, 
is I think this is the year finally that Tom Brady kind of slows down. Um, I had seen something where he said that um, that he was at training camp and that his body was telling him that like he like his body was telling him like to stop. Basically trying to yeah trying to, to slow down a little bit. Time so I feel like next year's is last year and this year's a year where he kind of slows down. I think it honestly depends on how he does this year. Uh, I could totally see this year being his last year. Um, I guess, uh, so those are predictions for the game tomorrow. Uh, let's rattle off some quick predictions for the year, I guess. We want to start with um, MVP and Super Bowl predictions. We can start off with, like, Rookie of the Year and then work our way up. Rookie of the Year, okay. I got... Oh, um, comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year. For me, it's obviously going to be Dak coming yeah, off that yeah. injury. I think if he has a year... Uh, not even like he was on track for last year, but if he has a normal Dak Prescott year, he's going to easily win comeback player of the year for me. Um, nobody else really comes to mind. And, you know, we're still in a quarterback league um, and he's probably the most famous team in the NFL. So if he even has just a normal Dak Prescott year, I totally see him really running away with that award. And it's not really going to be close. All right. All right. Um, oh yeah, I I have Dak as well. It's kind of a no brainer. I really can't think of a player who was hurt last year. Um, honestly, the only other one was maybe Bud Dupree. I think is the only other good player that was hurt last year. You think Ben Roethlisberger maybe? Yeah, but I think I don't. I think the Steelers don't win more. Oh, than 10 Saquon games. Barkley. Oh, Saquon. Uh, behind that old line. Probably not. Probably not. Um. So yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think Dak is. Uh, Dak will easily win comeback player of the year. I think he threw, throws for over 4,000. Or I, I say he throws over 4,500 yards this year and easily wins that award. I say he gets like 4,500 and about like 35 to 40 touchdowns. Yeah, I think yeah. he's going to have a great year this yeah. year. Uh, like we talked about earlier, too much offensive talent there. Um, I, I think he's going to have a great year. Um, offensive rookie of the year. You want to get your prediction for offensive rookie of the offensive year? Offensive rookie of the year. Um, honestly, I know I'm a Patriots fan. I know I might sound biased, but... I say Mac Jones wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. You look at all the other rookies. Um, I don't think Justin Fields starts until week five or week six. I don't know. I think they have a bye week five, so it'll be week six will be the first week he starts. I think um, he starts until then, and even at that, I feel like they ride on David Montgomery a little bit, which is good for me because I feel like I have him in every fantasy league. But... <laughs> um, and Trevor Lawrence, I feel like he's just, uh, he's going to do his thing this year. But the record, I think the Jaguars end in 6-11, uh, and 5-12 and 12 maybe record. So I, I just think he can't win with that. Um, Zach Wilson, uh, there's just no way the Jets win more than five games. Uh, he won't win that. Um, I don't know any other rookies there are really that can make a case. I just feel like Mac Jones in the best position. I say the Patriots win 11, 12 games this year. I say Mac Jones throws for over 3,000 yards, um, has a couple big plays. Hopefully he throws for more than 4,000. But I think he's just a safe pick for rookie of the year. I feel like Mac Jones is a safe pick, and especially knowing that he's going to the year as a starter, where I think the only other rookie that knows for sure he's starting is Zach Wilson, Wilson, but they're trash. And the Jaguars are... They're, they're going to be an interesting watch yeah. with Urban Meyer. There's too much question marks there. A um, uh, name that I'm going to throw out there that probably won't get talked about too much is Jalen Waddle yeah. uh, with the Dolphins. I think that's a big, big potential sleeper for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, Mac Jones, like you said, it's a safe pick. But the stuff that Jalen Waddle was able to do at Alabama, 
Uh, it's hard to name receivers in college that were better than him when he was healthy. Um, and being back with Tua, being maybe with a, a guy that's comfortable throwing the ball to him, yeah. I, I could see him, you know, breaking a thousand yards and, and nearing, you know, maybe that 10 touchdown mark. Uh, I think, you know, Mac, like you said, is a safe pick. If the Patriots do end up winning, you know, 11 games or so, he'll probably win the award pretty easily. But I definitely say Jalen Waddle was somebody that I have my eyes on. Um, Travis Etienne probably would have been another one with season-ending injury kind of, you know, put a little, obviously, uh, downer on that one. But other than Mac Jones, Jalen Waddle was somebody I have my eyes on. I think he's a threat in every aspect as a receiver, a kick returner if they wanted to use him there, punt returner if they wanted to use him there. And I think they're going to try to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. So I, I could see Jalen Waddle putting up insane numbers this year for as a rookie and having a breakout season as a rookie and winning that Offensive Rookie of the Year award. Yeah. All right. So uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I The favorite is, as of now, is Michael Parsons. Um, I just... Uh, I don't see it. I just don't see it coming down, happening that he will win a defensive rookie of the year. I don't know why. I just don't see it. He is a great player, but I just don't think so. Um, the one player that I think is the best player, the best defensive player in this past draft and the best defensive rookie is Patrick Sertan. I agree. Um, I think he's in, a, yeah. he's in a great defense in Denver. Um, he's, he's with a great team. Um He's a corner, and I feel like um, yeah, interceptions think, that show up, you know, I, I, I say he'll get maybe three, four interceptions this year, um, just play really great this year. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, if he can be tied on that team for most interceptions, I feel like it'll be um, great. I mean, he'll, he'll be playing a lot of press coverage, especially knowing that Justin Simmons is back there. So he can take chances whenever he wants to. So I think that'll end up in him um, – being good and that pass rush of course will get the ball out early a lot of quarterbacks will be throwing balls that they don't want to throw so i just feel like patrick sertan is um he's my choice for defensive rookie of the year um i might take i think i'm probably gonna go with the favorite the betting favorite which is michael parsons um i think he has too much skill uh he, he obviously didn't play last year so i wouldn't be surprised if he gets off to a little bit of a slow start uh the first couple of games of the season but i i feel like he has too much talent He's too fast. He has too much speed um, to not have, you know, big impacts um, as a rookie this year. Uh, I have him as my favorite. Patrick Sertain is going to be a close one to watch. Like you said, he's going to be given a lot of opportunities to to succeed and, and to make plays out there. But I think Micah Parsons is in a perfect situation. He's actually going to he's going to have a lot of playing time, clearly. Um, with the new defense, with Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to just play. He's not going to have to be worried too much about reading, reacting, and or overthinking the game, I think he's going to be in a situation where he can just play and, and, and just go, and he's not going to have to, to worry about other things. Yeah. So I think he's going to be my defensive rookie of the year. Um, let's go into defensive. Coach of the year. Coach of the year? Coach of the year? Coach of the year, I have Bill Belichick because I feel like the Patriots are going to shock a lot of people. I feel like as the season has gotten closer and closer, people are talking about the Patriots as being a sleeper pick, whereas the start of the offseason – yeah. Um, Unthought of. Yeah. You know, the Patriots were kind of an afterthought. Everybody was kind of thinking that it's the Bills division and the Dolphins were next in line. I feel like as we've gotten closer, 
and closer to the start of the year, everybody's taking a look at what's going on in New England. And I think, I think Bill's going to remind everybody why he's the best coach of all time. And I think we end up winning about 12 games. Maybe, uh, I know we have a tough second half of the year. Depending on how fast we get out of the gate and how things are rolling with Mac, I could see us maybe sneaking the 13-4 and record. Um, do I think we will? Probably not. I think 12-5 and is more realistic. Definitely 11-6. Yeah. But um, I think after the down year we had last year, people were kind of sleeping on Bill. And I think he's out to prove a point this year. And I could see him leading us about 12 to 13 wins and potentially a coach of the year candidate again. All right. My, my pick for coach of the year, um, honestly, I don't think anybody really has him winning. Uh, I think Kevin Stefanski, the coach of the Browns, I think Ooh, he wins coach one. of the year. I think he wins coach of the year. I think the Browns have a big year. Um I think I think they win the AFC North for the first time. And that's, yeah, that's a big one. Like if they, if they win the AFC North, it's gonna be hard yeah, to argue. I, I think they I think they win the AFC North. Um, I think they make. I think they play the Chiefs in the divisional this year, and I think they win this time. I think uh, you know. I I just think uh, it's the Brown the Browns are are gonna have a big year. Um, you'll see right now with my defense player of the year pick, we'll kind of show that as well what I think about the Browns this year but um, I think the Browns are going to have a big year and I think Kevin Stefanski had a good year last year with Baker and I feel like his players are going to play good uh, this year with it being their second year under his system OBJ will be back OBJ will be back so I think um, he'll have a lot of weapons you know that he can pick and choose from so I say Kevin Stefanski Nice. Well, you, you kind of teased your defensive player of the yeah. year there. Do you want to go ahead and, and yeah, talk yeah. about your defensive so player defensive of the year? So defensive player of the year, I have uh, Miles Garrett. I think Miles Garrett is the best defensive uh, edge rusher in the game. Um, I want to say the addition of – did they get J.J. Watt? No. No, J.J. Um, Watt went to the Cardinals. Yeah, who did they add? Um, they added um, – I think they drafted an edge rusher, didn't they? I, I, I know um, – I think they had an addition. I don't know. I don't know. I, I might just be tripping, but – I just think Miles Garrett is going to have a big year, another big year. So, um, Oh, was it Clowney that they added? What did, they add? did they add Clowney? I think they had Clowney. Let me see. Let me see. I'll tell you right now. Yes, they did. Yeah, they yeah the addition of Clowney. Um, you know, he's still going to get double teamed when he can, but it kind of gives him a little – he has another pass rusher on that other side. Yeah, it's another threat that you have to worry yeah, about. Yeah, on third downs, bit. he can kind of, you know, you know, you can't really double team him too often because you, you still have a good, you know – Formidable pass rusher on that other side, so um, yeah, I I think uh, Miles Garrett is gonna win Player of the Year. Um, of course, the best player is obviously Aaron Donald, but it'll kind of be like Michael Jordan. You couldn't give him every MVP back in the day, so it'll kind of be a thing where you know let's look for someone else to give that award to. I mean, but honestly, I feel like Miles Garrett is gonna put up crazy sack numbers this year, and um, along with the team success the Browns are gonna have, I think that's gonna give him uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, and um, I have Chase Young. Chase Young. I feel like he's going to build off of, I think it's hard to deny the amazing rookie year he had, and I feel like he's only going to get better and better and better as his career goes by. Uh, I think you could probably make a case for TJ Watt um, yeah. being there, but with his contract situation and you know him not really being active in camp, I think he's only done individual drills. It's, yeah. it's going to be a little bit you know tricky for him to kind of get in the flow of things, so he might get off to a slow start. Um, he, he's somebody that, that I would also have in that conversation, but I think Chase Young, he, it, from everything we've seen, this guy looks like he's going to be an all-time great. Uh, I, don't, I think he's on track for that kind of career. 
Um, he, he's my defensive player of the year right now. T.J. Watt is somebody, like I said, that I, I will keep my eye on, depending on what happens with the contract and how he comes back and how he looks the first couple of years. Uh, the first couple of games, I'm sorry, but uh, Chase Young right now is my uh, my defensive player of the year. Uh, for MVP, who do you have? Do we do offensive player of the year? We do offensive player of the year. Do we do offensive player of the year? Well, uh, MVP usually goes, I mean, offensive player of the year is usually really the MVP for me. But there's like one-on-one. There is, right? Yeah, yeah, there is. I, I think that's pretty dumb. <laughs> you think it should just be MVP? Yeah, MVP is always an offensive guy. That's why to me it's kind of like... Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, we just do like a quick... quick yeah, let's, quick, let's quick, quick prediction. Quick offensive player of the year. Uh, I think... I think Dalvin Cook wins it. Dalvin Cook? Dalvin, I think Dalvin Cook. Hey, I got CMC winning it. If he CMC. comes back and looks, you know, if, he, if he's remotely healthy... Either Dalvin Cook or Josh Allen, but uh, I don't want to be the boring guy and just say Josh Allen. I feel like that's kind of everybody's pick right now. But, yeah. Anyways. That's, a, that's the safe pick. Yeah. yeah. Well, for MVP, um, I'm going to go with a guy that I don't, I don't know if he's won MVP. And if he has, he hasn't won one in years. But he has probably been the most valuable player for his team since he took over as a starting quarterback. Uh, I'm going to take Russell Wilson mm-hmm. as the MVP never, this year. He never won one. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's pretty crazy to say that he hasn't won an MVP considering if you take Wilson off of the, the Seahawks, they're probably a bottom five team every year. Um, I think this is going to be a big year for the Seahawks. I feel like they're kind of at this point where they're reaching a point where they might need to just blow it up if things don't, you know, yeah. you know if they're not winning games and not able to make the playoffs. And I think we might see the best Russell Wilson yet this year. Um, I'm expecting a huge year from him. He he has this thing. I don't. I know. Last year he got out of the gates really, really hot, and then he kind of cooled as the year progressed. I don't see that happening again. I have Russ Russell Wilson as my MVP this year. I think he's gonna have a great year. The Seahawks are gonna look, you know, like the Seahawks of old, and they're gonna be Super Bowl threats again. But I, I have him as my MVP this year. All right, uh, my pick. <sighs> we both could have been boring and said the obvious, cho- um, obvious, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes but, um. I think I think Matthew Stafford wins it. I think Ooh, this will be his super. first year in which he throws uh he just goes absolutely crazy in that new offense. Um I don't know what his career high is in touchdowns, but I think he ups that this year. Um, he's, I he's think in a he great wins situation. I think he wins twelve games. Uh I think the media they always like picking a story, so I think they would wanna choose um Matthew Stafford for MVP. Another guy to watch out for, you know, um, it's a quarterback dominant award, but I would like to see Devonta Adams win that That's right. award. I don't want to see Devonta Adams, um, my opinion, the best receiver in the league. He gets so many uh, touches in that offense. It's crazy targets he gets. And of course, this is um, the last dance for him and uh, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Rodgers did win MVP last yeah, year. Yeah, so it, it would be interesting yeah. to see, you know, Devontae Adams. Yeah, so that's just an interesting um that's something, you know. Um that's just one thing. But my main prediction, I say Matthew Stafford wins it. And um all right, well then get into the big one then. We can do playoff whole playoff picture. Uh that might take a little bit too one, long. Like one through seven, just list your teams that you think. Oh, that's tough. Um just go divisional winners. We can do divisional winners, and then we can do uh, divisional winners and then um, championship games, and then Super Bowl. Hold on, let me pull up a list of the divisions. I, I can tell you the winners. I think in the AFC, I have 
Um, I have the Patriots, I think, in the AFC East. I think Bill Belichick, one thing that's not talked about enough last year is everybody talks about this with Bill Belichick, right? Why is he so hard to beat in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl? Because he has time to prepare. What are the Patriots good at? Making week-to-week adjustments and being able to change on the fly as the year goes on. With COVID last year, we had a lot of shutdowns. Yeah. And we weren't able to do a lot of those things and nine defensive players out. Um, I th- I think with this year coming back, hopefully everything is good. I think this is going to be the year that this is going to be a year that, that, that we get the win in the division again. We bring the division crown back to Foxborough. Um, I agree with you. I have the Browns winning the AFC North. Um, I don't believe in Lamar Jackson as a passer. Ben Roethlisberger is washed to me. I don't think he's a threat. I uh, have the Colts, the ja- the Jaguars, they're, you know, rebuilding. Think about um, the Titans. You know about the Titans? Ooh. You know what? Yeah. Give me the Titans over that one only because I don't know what Wentz is going to look like. I'll take the Titans. I forgot about the Titans. I, mean, I, don't, I don't like the Titans, but I'm just saying. No. they're As as a team right now, they're more cohesive. They're probably better yeah. put together yeah. than, than the Colts. Safe, that's a safe pick. That's a safe that's pick. A safe pick. Um, the Texans, like I said, are trash. Yeah. The Jaguars are rebuilding. And then I think in the West, there's no question. Uh, the Chargers might make it interesting. Maybe. The Raiders. I don't Maybe. see the Raiders. Maybe. I don't believe it. I think John Gruden is a little bit washed. Not yeah. really washed in the sense that he's terrible. But outdated. He's outdated. a little outdated. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs are probably going to run away with that right. one. NFC now, right? Moving on to the NFC. NFC. Yeah. Um, NFC yeah. I think the, the Cowboys have too much talent on yeah. both sides of the they, ball. They should easily. Yeah. They, they should win the division. Um. I don't believe in the Bears uh, just because, you know, the quarterback situation with Fields. I think he might jump in a little bit too late to be able to win them enough games to win the division. And uh, the Vikings and Lions, uh, not sure what to make of them, but the Lions won't be in the picture at all. And the Vikings, they're an average team. That's about it. So the Packers are, you know, pretty clearly the favorites there. Um, The Saints will be an interesting look with uh, Jameis Winston. But... Until he shows that he can cut down the mistakes that he was making when he was at Tampa, I'm going to take Tampa. And then the most interesting division in football, the NFC West, I think is by far the most interesting division. The best, easily. It's the best. There's going to be great games anytime those teams play each other. It really sucks that one of those teams is not going to make the playoffs because I think think three three of those teams will probably get in. Um that's a that's a toss up, but I have you know Russ winning MVP and I have him leading to the division crown, uh, just barely probably by a game over um, the Rams and the the 49ers, I think they're in a similar situation, uh, with Justin Fields and um, the Trey Bears, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, you know, yeah, but yeah. they're well, they're gonna give Trey Lance the ball and it's gonna be a little bit you know later in the year, um, I I think it's gonna end up hurting them. I think they should start them right now. Um, their their defense is great, and their offense has enough different weapons and schemes with with Shanahan there that that they could start them right now and kind of protect them, and he'd be okay. But those are gonna be my division winners. So I have the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Bucks. All right, all right. My division winners: AFC East. I would say the Patriots. Cause I'm a Patriots fan, but um. I think the Bills, they take care of business against everybody else, but I think the Patriots sweep them. I think the Patriots sweep the Bills because Josh Allen struggles against Belichick, but I think the Bills um, finish 13-4. and four. AFC North, I believe the Browns win, and I have the Ravens second place making the playoffs. Um, AFC West, I have the Chiefs, of course, winning that, and um, 
with the Chargers coming in second and Josh, uh, John Gruden getting fired after this year. It's my bold take there. AFC South. I don't. I don't know. I think the Colts. Uh, I like Carson Wentz. I'm a big Carson Wentz guy. I want him to succeed. I don't really. I don't know. There's something about the Titans. I think they take a step back. I think they still do make the playoffs, but I just have the Colts winning that division. And NFC. Let's move on to NFC. NFC East. I have. I have the Washington football team winning that division. That defense, uh, Fitzpatrick, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, I think they're, they're, they're credible on offense, and they have arguably the best front seven in the league. So I have the Washington football team winning that. Um, NFC South, I have the Bucks. I have the Bucks winning that pretty easily. Um, they're really no contest. Um, NFC West, best division in football. I say I have the Rams winning that division. With the Seahawks and the Niners um, making it to the playoffs as well, with the Cardinals barely missing that by a game, very close race. Um, and finally, the NFC North, kind of the easy pick. I have the Packers winning that fairly easily, no contest, thirteen and four, fourteen three year from them. So those are my picks: uh, Packers, Rams, Bucks. And Washington in the NFC, and Chiefs, Bills, Browns, and the Colts and the AFC. And now moving on to our championship game predictions. I'll start off with mine. I believe the Browns make it this year. And I believe they will play against the Bills. I believe they play against the Bills. It'll be a Browns versus Bills game. I believe Browns Bills in the AFC championship. In the AFC championship game, I believe Buffalo will have that home field advantage. However, um, weather will be nasty in Buffalo at that time of the year, which will favor the Browns. And I have them beating the beating the Bills. Beating the Bills. Um, I don't want to give a score prediction. I will say I'm just gonna give it. I will say 27 to 17 will be the final score of that game. And then in the NFC, I have the Rams and the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. And I believe the Rams will finally get that Super Bowl that they've been wanting. I think I believe this that will be Brady's um, game where he shows where, you know, it's kind of it, the torch being passed on, not to Matthew Stafford, but the torch is just being passed on to the rest of the league to take over. And uh, which will set up a Rams versus um, Rams versus Brown Super Bowl. And you want to give your... Yeah, so for the AFC Championship, I have a rematch of a few years ago. I, I really, really believe that Mac Jones is going to be able to lead this team. Bill Belichick has a chip on his shoulder. Um, I think he gets the Patriots back to the AFC Championship. And I think we're going to be playing at Arrowhead again. Um, until somebody beats the Chiefs in the playoffs, that's not the Patriots. I don't see anybody else beating them. They're going to have home field. Um, I don't think anybody's going to go into Arrowhead if it's not Bill Belichick. But I think without Tom Brady, with a rookie Mac Jones, I think the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes get back to the Super Bowl again for a third year in a row. And in the NFC, we're thinking the exact same. Um, I have the Rams and the Bucks, but I think 
the pass rush is going to be a little bit too much. And Matthew Stafford um, is a huge upgrade from Jared, Gro- Jared Goff. I-, I think he's going to do enough and he's going to take care of the ball enough and make enough plays and enough of the right throws to beat the Bucks in the NFC Championship. And I think we get a, a rematch of that, you know, Rams-Chiefs game from a couple years ago that everybody was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Rams winning the Super Bowl over the Chiefs. I think defensively they're too solid. They're more well-rounded as a team. Um, I th- and I think defensively they're just... They'll make enough plays on the defensive side of the ball to slow down and stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I, I have a Rams versus Chiefs Super Bowl with the Rams with the win. All right. I have a Rams v. Brown Super Bowl and... I don't know. I think the Browns break the curse and they finally win. Dang. I finally win a, they finally win a Super Bowl. And I believe it will be... Oh, it's in LA. It's in LA. It'll be in the Rams home stadium. That's going to be heartbreaking. Yeah. But I believe the Browns win that game. I believe it'll be a, a great game. I believe the Rams will get the ball with a minute and a half left. And I believe the defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett, makes the strip sack to win the game. And I believe the Browns win that game 30-25. to 25. Imagine and if that happens, we're going to look back at this exact podcast, yeah. this first podcast, and say, well, he called it from the start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe just Miles Garrett is going to... It'll be a Miles Garrett versus uh, our Aaron Donald Super Bowl. So, And that's what I believe will happen. All right, guys. Uh, well, that's what we got for this first episode uh, we're hoping to get off at least one episode a week. Um, if not, uh, maybe two. We might do two. Yeah. Maybe one to preview games and then one to recap games. Yeah. I think that, that doesn't sound too bad. Maybe like Monday and Friday. Thing, Monday and maybe? Friday type yeah. of thing. Uh, we can maybe even do Tuesday to wait for the Friday night game. Oh, yeah. Or the Monday, Monday, Monday night, night football game. game. Um, so so we'll, we'll try to drop one for sure. If not, we'll drop at least one podcast a week. Um, hoping to get into two. Um, and thank you guys for listening to this first one. We'll, we'll get better at this. We're hoping also to add clips eventually and, and start getting recordings up as well. Yeah. Um, but if, if you made it all the way to the end, thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening to us. We look forward to, to, spot, to talking more a little bit about sports and um, speaking about everything going on and talking more with you guys. Justin, you want to say anything before we go? Uh, just thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be doing this weekly. Uh, we'll try to keep it under an hour so it won't be too time consuming but as our first episode um it's a little bit longer about an hour and a half so um hopefully y'all stick around to the end uh man you know we'll, we'll get we'll get better at this um so yeah i just thank y'all for listening and we'll see y'all later we out